Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stout, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. You know, I never get tired of hearing the resurrection story that Angie and Randy read for us. And really, when you think about it, that story is at the heart of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, then, then Paul tells us in, in Corinthians that, that, quite honestly, we're just a bunch of fools hoping in something that's not going to happen. We're putting our faith and our trust and, and we're making sacrifices and we're surrendering to things in this life and to a father. And without the resurrection, then, then the end of this life is, is it. But because of the resurrection, because God raised Jesus from the dead and breathed new life into him, we can be assured of our own resurrection when we put our faith in Jesus, that one day our faith will be sight and that we will be with the Father for all of eternity. But the hope of the resurrection is, is not just about this, this future event that we wait for, that that we hope will come later rather than, than sooner. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything now. It, it changes everything now in our world and in our lives. The resurrection of Jesus gives us hope for the future, absolutely, but it also gives us peace for today. We have this great hope for the future and we have peace for today. We saw it in the text that Angie and Randy read for us. In our text, we see three encounters uh, that people have with the resurrected Jesus. And each one, he brings a peace that only he can bring in that moment. In verse 11, we find Mary weeping over the death of Jesus. She is mourning the loss of someone that she loves. And to make it even worse, when she goes to the tomb to, to visit that day, to finish the, the preparations that they weren't able to, to finish on Friday evening, she goes and, and, and she can't find the body. And her mourning continues until Jesus meets her and speaks words of peace and comfort over her. By simply saying her name, Jesus speaks so much. Mary. In your mourning, I know you. I have not forgotten you. I am with you. And Mary is the first person to see the resurrected Jesus. And in that moment, everything changes. Her mourning turns to joy as she experiences the peace of Jesus and his resurrected life in her. Later in verse 19, we find the disciples locked away in the upper room, confused about what just happened and afraid that the same people who just crucified Jesus might be coming after them next. But as they hide in fear, Jesus comes into the room and speaks peace over them. Did you notice not just once, but twice, Jesus proclaims peace be with you. Jesus fills them with his Holy Spirit and we begin to see this transformation take place in these disciples who turn into these bold witnesses proclaiming the peace and the resurrection life that only Jesus can bring. And in verse 24, we find Thomas 
who wasn't in the upper room when Jesus appeared to the other disciples. Thomas is having a hard time believing their report that Jesus was alive again because like us, he'd never seen someone who was dead for three days come back to life. This isn't something that happens. It's all too much for him to, to believe and, and, he, and he can't. But notice, even though he doubted, Thomas stayed close. He was curious. Doubts have a way of making us want to separate, even isolate or withdraw. But Thomas stayed close and he stayed curious. There was a spark of faith in him that wanted to believe even in his doubt. And that spark was all that Jesus needed to ignite a flame of faith within him. Jesus appears to Thomas speaking peace over him in verse 26. And then two verses later, doubting Thomas makes the boldest profession of faith in Jesus that is recorded in the entire scripture. He cries out, my Lord and my God. No one recognizes as succinctly who Jesus is more than doubting Thomas. And the resurrection of Jesus absolutely gives us hope for the future. And we hang on to that hope, knowing that one day God will right every wrong. He will dry every tear that has been caused by sin and brokenness in this world. But while we have this hope for a future, in the here and now, Jesus brings peace and resurrection life to us. He brings peace and resurrection life when we mourn when we're afraid, and when we doubt. And just like we see in Mary, in the disciples, and Thomas, mourning, fear, and doubt flee when Jesus walks into the room. And even today, Jesus continues to bring his peace and resurrection life when we feel pain and worry and uncertainty he continues to bring the peace that we need to sustain us no matter what life throws our way. Let's check out this video. At 17, I really was just your average teenager. I was healthy, I was athletic, I was in the middle of basketball season, a pretty good student. And at that time, at a kind of surprise out of nowhere, I was diagnosed with AML leukemia. And that flipped everything, my entire world upside down. Being 17 and a half, I made, just made it into the Children's Hospital in St. Louis. I did five intensive rounds of chemotherapy and it took about seven months. I did live in the hospital for that full amount of time with short little trips home. I was a junior in high school, so being totally isolated and just kind of missing that whole portion of your life, that part really took a toll on me. Ya son casi dos años hace los que llegamos a formar parte de esta familia. Vinimos extendiendo nuestra visa de estudiante para poder trabajar durante un año como pastor de la iglesia hispana y servir a la comunidad hispana. Al cabo de ese año solicitamos eh, la extensión o el cambio de estatus a una visa religiosa, pero desde, ese, desde esa fecha ha pasado un año y dos meses aproximadamente y seguimos esperando una respuesta. Casi un año que no, no tiene el permiso de trabajo porque estamos esperando este cambio de, de visa. Entonces no puede recibir un salario. Ha sido un año difícil en cuanto a, a esperar. En 
April of 2018, we uh, gave birth to a daughter, Lillian, who was only at 22 weeks gestation, and she was born, and we had one hour with her before she passed away in my arms. As sad as it was, as difficult as it was, it was like the perfect hour. It was the best day that we could have had with her. A big part of the fear was when you live in a children's hospital, when you stay there, when you get to know the other patients, most of whom are quite a bit younger than you. I can remember specific days getting up and they said you could walk around the floor and you'd go and the kid you were just talking to yesterday is like their bed's empty and there's no longer sheets. You just kind of watch them fall one by one. And so that was definitely one of those doubtful, like terrifying experiences because you're always just wondering, am I next? Like, am I next? Creo que algo de lo que más hemos experimentado es ese miedo y frustración, sentirnos como desamparados sin saber si estamos o no estamos aquí. Eh, un sentimiento de vacío, de no saber si podremos continuar o si tendremos que buscar un otro lugar, una sensación de no estar seguros. Creo que ha habido tiempos difíciles porque también como padres el lidiar esa frustración, tratar de tal vez calmar, estando en casa en medio de una pandemia, todos juntos con los niños. Sí ha sido difícil, eh, algunos momentos sí, nos quebraba emocionalmente. No ha sido fácil esperar y seguir esperando, no saber qué pasará luego. Pues seguimos, ¿no? Seguimos adelante. I had a moment where I just cried and cried and cried and prayed and ultimately just surrendered and released control to God and just told God, I know that this child does not belong to us. This child belongs to you. You have created this person. We had peace and it's super important to know that the presence of peace is not the absence of pain. The pain of, of holding our beautiful baby girl while she died was so sharp, but underneath it was just a foundation of steadiness, like the steadiness of God. When we are looking at things from God's perspective, then suddenly this life on earth is the short part. Eternity is the long part, and we get to spend eternity with Lillian and with our other two lost ones that we haven't known in this life. Creo que este tiempo nos ha ayudado a entender y también comprenderlo, ¿no? Que tenemos un Dios soberano, que nada, nada está fuera de su control. Y aunque sí ha habido situaciones difíciles en las cuales no sabíamos si estaba ahí Dios escuchándonos, hemos entendido que, que Dios está en control de todo y creo que eso ha ayudado mucho a que podamos sentir paz y también a comprender que va a ser su voluntad, sea un sí, sea un no, sea una espera, es su voluntad. Entonces eso también ayuda mucho a que podamos sentir esa paz. So many times we want to ask, why? Why did this happen? Why did this happen to us? That question is never going to bring us peace. The why question, asking that question, because there is no answer. Other than we live in a fallen world where really sad things happen. Instead, the better question that leads to healing is, how can I partner with you, God, in what you're already doing to heal my heart? It's like as we acknowledge to God that we were devastated, 
it's like we released that to him and in exchange he continued to fill us with peace and give us peace and that continues today she will have been three peace in the presence of god and just to to continue to have joy through it was a big prayer and cry out from our family and god delivered no doubt there's so many ways that his presence just kind of surrounded us and even how he used other people one gift that a coach gave me was an iPod filled with just worship music and my hospital room became just a place of worship. That definitely brought peace. Some other ways were just through people's encouragement, people constantly reaching out or doing fundraisers or however they could to just serve the family, which allowed my family to be there for me. And God just used people to show like, I've got this, I'm taking care of you, I'm taking care of them, like I'm holding you all up through this. Algo que hemos visto es como esta situación ha movido también el corazón de la iglesia, de ustedes. Realmente como Dios ha provisto a través de donaciones, de caridad, eh, lo que hemos necesitado para sostenernos durante este tiempo. Eh, y estamos agradecidos con Dios, pero también con cada uno de ustedes que ha sido parte de ese amor y ese cuidado y protección de Dios en este tiempo de prueba para nosotros. Y realmente es algo que nos llena de paz, nos llena de consuelo y al mismo tiempo que nos sentimos en muchas ocasiones débiles, nos sentimos también protegidos y fortalecidos al ver esa mano de Dios moverse allí y decirnos que no estamos solos que estamos con el cuerpo de Cristo, con la iglesia, que estamos juntos, con una familia. Y eso nos llena de paz y confort en muchos momentos. We did get to have another child. Ezekiel was born on February 23rd, 2020. And after a very difficult pregnancy with a lot of complications, uh, he was born full term. And we were surprised at his birth to discover that he has Down syndrome. With his Down syndrome diagnosis, that was an extreme blow or, you know, it's a big surprise. But having gone through what we had gone through with Lillian, just to have a child that was alive and healthy, that was a win for us. We're just really glad to have him be a part of our family here on this earth. So it doesn't seem like that's a hard thing when it's in comparison with having lost a child. Today I'm happy to say I'm 15 years in remission. Every morning I wake up and before my feet hit the floor, I'm like, thank you God for another day of life. I also think that experience is undoubtedly where I experienced God the most in my life and just felt so near to him, felt such a calling knowing even if he spared my life, that means he's not done with me yet. I felt such a sense of purpose that I'm still here. In that way, cancer was the greatest blessing to my life, that it has made me um, a whole new person. It just shows God knows what he's doing because if I could go back, I wouldn't want to change it. If I could take it away, uh, but have to be my old self or old Angie, I'd rather have it and be able to see things and have the perspective and the joy and just that personal relationship that I know I gained with Christ through that any day of the week. Can we praise God for his faithfulness in the lives of these individuals? Even today, Jesus brings peace and resurrection life in the midst of our mourning and our fears and our doubts. In the midst of mourning, many of us can relate to Mary. We wonder where Jesus is, if he's left us. 
But just as he did with Mary in the garden, Jesus meets us in our grief, in our mourning, and he speaks words of peace and comfort over us. Sometimes it's a gentle whisper when we pray. It's a friend who reaches out to us at just the right time. It's a scripture that we read that seems like it was written just for us in this moment. When we're afraid, many of us can relate to the disciples. We lock the doors of our heart, not wanting to let anyone in, and we hide. We're afraid of what is on the other side. We hide from others, hoping that they don't find us out. We hide from ourselves, afraid of coming face to face with our own insecurities. We hide in fear when we are uncertain about the future, when we are worried about the diagnosis, when we feel out of control of the circumstances around us. But just as he did for the disciples, Jesus enters into our worried, laden lives and he brings peace and resurrection life to our fears. And when we doubt, many of us can relate to Thomas. You want to believe, you want to have the faith that others have, but sometimes it just seems like all you can see is the darkness that surrounds you and you have a hard time believing that any of this can be true. And just like Jesus let Thomas wrestle with his doubts for a while, I don't know if you notice in the text, but, a, but an entire week went by of Thomas watching the disciples proclaim that Jesus was alive and him sitting on the sidelines going, I'm not so sure about this. After a week went by, Jesus came to him. And sometimes, sometimes the Lord lets us wrestle in our doubts for an extended period of time. But if we keep searching, if we keep wrestling, if we keep even a small spark of faith alive when Jesus finally does show up, I've seen it over and over and over in countless lives. He turns that small spark of faith into a wildfire as he brings peace and resurrection life into our doubts. In each of these scenes in John 20, everything changes when the resurrected Jesus walks into the room. And if Hebrews 13, 8 is, is true, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I believe that he wants to bring peace and resurrection life to your life as well. Just as he did Mary. Just as he did the disciples. Just as he did Thomas. Just like he did for Angie and John and Claire and Sergio and Sarah, Jesus continues to bring peace and resurrection life into our mourning and our fears and our doubts. He brings us peace and resurrection life into whatever circumstances it is that we walk through. In John 16, Jesus tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And in this life, we will experience all kinds of pain and heartache and loss. But the one who has overcome the world has not abandoned us to those things. He walks with us. He calls your name. He shows up in your life in unexpected places and in unexpected ways. And his presence continues to bring us peace and resurrection life in the midst of our pain. And the greatest peace that Jesus made available for us is with the Father. 
through faith in his life, death, and resurrection, scripture tells us that we are no longer enemies of God, but we are his friends. When we put our faith in Jesus as our risen Lord and Savior, we find peace with God and we are adopted into his family, not begrudgingly. God holds nothing in our past against us. When we put our faith in Jesus, we take on the grace of Christ and God welcomes us into his family as dearly loved children. He gives us the Holy Spirit as proof that we belong to him and that we will never, ever walk through this world alone, no matter what comes our way. So if you're here today and you're looking for that kind of peace in your life, the peace and security that only Jesus can provide, I want to invite you to start following him, not, not next week, not next month, not next year, not when you feel like you kind of have got your life together, but, but now, today. If you're ready to declare your faith in Jesus, you're ready to receive his grace in your life, experience his peace. If you're ready to identify with his life, death, and resurrection through baptism, we want to give you a chance to do that Today, as we close, we will have people up front who would love to talk to you more about that. Let today be the day that you surrender your life to him and experience his peace and resurrection life in your life. But before we go, we wanna take a moment to remember and to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus that brought us peace with God. And we do this every week through communion. If you're worshiping with us at, at home right now, go ahead and pull out the elements to use. If you're here with us, maybe some of you down in the fellowship hall, or if you're here in the room, hopefully you grabbed one of our communion packets on your way in if you need one. I believe we have some, some ushers and, and in fact, uh, just raise your hand and they'll bring one of those to you. And um, I'm gonna raise my hand because I forgot to grab one on the way up here. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, throw it. Let's see if we can get it. <laughs> Communion is a time for us to remember Jesus, to focus our hearts and our minds on him. Thank you. That'll be the only time that we actually make the throw and connect. <laughs> It's a time for us to celebrate God's love and grace and peace and presence that is with us. And all of this was made available because of Jesus, because he gave his body and he shed his blood for us. And because God raised him from the dead three days later, the new life and the fresh start that belonged to Jesus can now be ours too. And so let's share in communion together as we celebrate the peace that Jesus brings in the resurrection life that we have found. Open up the top flap and take out the bread. And as we eat the bread together, may we remember and celebrate the body of Jesus that was broken for us. So we kind of break the little lip on the cup invite you to open it up. As we drink the cup, we remember and we celebrate his blood that was shed for us on the cross.
wanna give a few moments of silent reflection before we close off our service. But first, let me pray. Father God, I'm so grateful for the resurrection that gives us hope for the future. And we long for the day, Jesus, when you return and you make all things new, you make all things right. Until then, we are grateful that the resurrected Jesus brings us peace today. Peace in our mourning, in our fears, in our doubts. May we experience your peace, your grace, and your presence in new ways as we celebrate this Easter, as we celebrate Jesus, your life, we remember your death, and your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org slash messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.